Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Tower Hill Church Online. I'm Pastor Jason, and we're in the middle of a sermon series we've been doing in August called Five Things God Uses to Grow Your Faith. Now, this series originally came to us from North Point Community Church and using it by permission. We started using it in 2015 to really talk about spiritual growth in this way with these five things that God uses. Because it seems like when people tell their faith story, these five things keep coming up. Usually one or multiple of the five help people get to another level of their faith. Oh yeah, when, when I finally got practical teaching, when I finally got this, when I had this relationship, someone came into my life and it really changed my faith. These are the five things that God often uses. They're not the only things, but they're things that keep coming up. And the idea is, is if we can know what these things are, we can put ourselves in position to help him, to allow him to grow us. And it's really centered around this foundational question, and that is, what would your life be like if you had complete confidence in God? What does that mean? It means, what would your life be like if you knew that no matter what was happening in it, God was going to show up? God was going to make a way. God was going to be there each and every time. Good, bad, indifferent, whatever it is, God was going to show up. It would change your life, wouldn't it? If you had that kind of confidence in God. And I think sometimes we feel like, well, I'm just not that good. I don't have that kind of faith. That's like Mother Teresa version of faith that I don't, I don't really have. Listen, this faith, this kind of confidence in God is meant for all of us to have. So how does it happen? How does God grow that kind of faith? in us. We're not just born with it. It's something that's cultivated over time. And so over the last few weeks, we've been talking about some of these different things. The first was practical teaching, that until you really get into the Bible and start understanding what it means for your life and faith, it's hard to grow. And then when you do, you sort of take another level of growth. Or providential relationships. Gerard talked about this a couple of weeks ago, that sometimes God just plops somebody into your life and it was providential. It was God using somebody to help your faith grow to another level. Or what I talked about last week, private disciplines. Through prayer and scripture reading and other spiritual disciplines, we can grow in our faith. God uses those things as a way of growing us. Now, as we get into today's point or today's thing that God uses to grow our faith, I want to start by talking about an Olympian that maybe you hadn't heard of before. Now, maybe you should have. She's a gold medal winner, but she's not a United States Olympian. She is from South Africa. Her name, and I forgive me if I blow this, <laughs> her name is Tatjana Schoenmaker, and she swims the breaststroke. Now, why did I pick her to talk about? Well, I noticed something. There was a story that came up that was talking about her faith, and back in 2016, she uh, says that she accepted Jesus and she was baptized and she's put these things on her social media. And in her social media account, when she got to the Olympics, she offered a prayer. And I know we see athletes do stuff like this all the time, but I don't want to just take it for granted that that's easy for them to do or it's what they even should do all the time. I want to read this prayer to you. I just found it really um, deep. She says, and this is from her social media Father God, may your will be done. May your peace fill us up. May we 
praise you no matter what the outcome. May we be empowered by your strength to give it our all, and may we forever be in the awe of your goodness. What a wonderful prayer, right? Let's get to hand everything over to you. And she put that out there. She's got lots of followers. She has like 14,000 on her Twitter and uh, way more even on her Instagram. And she put that on social media. Here's this 24-year-old woman who's been training her whole life for this event, which, by the way, got delayed because of the pandemic. And here she is just saying, your will be done, Lord. It kind of goes into what we talked about last week with praying the Lord's Prayer. Well, Tatiana performed really well. In fact, she shattered the world record for the 200-meter breaststroke. She finished in 2 minutes, 18.95 seconds, which was way faster than the previous record set in 2013. And she, of course, got the gold. And it's so wonderful when you see people of faith succeed. It's great to see uh, people succeed, but there was something really cool about this as she puts herself out there. And she also performs really well. Like I was so happy for her in that moment. I was you know, find myself rooting for her. But it doesn't really just end there for her. So on her different social media platforms, like this is her bio, I think from her Twitter account, where she says, you know, you could put a little bit of information about who you are. She says, child of God, professional swimmer, Olympic champion and world record holder, Commonwealth Games champ. Uh, something else about where she graduated, and then soli deo gloria, which means glory to God alone. And in fact, that phrase, that Latin phrase, is on one of two swim caps that she wears. She wears one for South Africa, and then she wears one soli deo gloria. Now, what does this have to do with anything? I mean, I don't know. Whatever Tatiana is going to do the rest of her life, I don't know. I mean, she's obviously, she's not going to be a professional swimmer forever, and I don't know where her life's going to take her. She's got a whole life to live. But here's one thing that I know that she gets, and this is how it pertains to each and every one of our lives, and that's this. She understands the concept of our fourth thing God uses to grow our faith, personal ministry. You see, it's not just pastors who are called to ministry or some of the staff or the, you know, children's director or, you know, worship director or anything like that that are called to ministry. Each and every follower of Jesus Christ is called to ministry. What Tatiana understands is that her platform gives her an opportunity to further, to advance, to proclaim the kingdom of God. We may not have that many YouTube followers or, you know, social media followers, but we all have a platform to use. Maybe another way of framing it is asking this question. What is your part to play in growing the kingdom of God? Now, we understand God's the one that does the growing, but we participate in that growth. Our job here on earth is to find out how we can serve Jesus. How can we serve God to help grow the kingdom? Whether we are laying bricks, whether we are fixing electrical panels, whether we are selling cars, whether we are pastors, whether we are Olympians, whatever that looks like, how are we going to use our opportunity for our personal ministry, what we've decided we're going to do to lift up the name of Jesus? This is a really important lesson that we all kind of have to figure out because I think sometimes we confuse ministry with volunteering, that ministry equals whatever volunteer opportunity comes up. I mean, of course, sometimes, but that's not really personal ministry. It's much bigger than that. It's how are you in all of your you 
going to proclaim God's story to the world? How does your story fit in with God's story? How do you tell the age-old story of Jesus and his love? By how you're living out your day-to-day life. There's a wonderful lesson in here that we get in the Gospel of Matthew in one of the most famous miracles that ever gets talked about. It's probably the most famous miracle, or at least just about, in all of the Gospels, and that's the feeding of the 5,000. So Jesus, he actually, it was an interesting thing. He had some bad news about his cousin, John the Baptist, and that he had died. And he was seeking some time to be alone with God, and the crowd followed him anyway. And he didn't just tell them, eh, go home, I'm, I'm not in the mood, right? It says this, here we go, Matthew chapter 14, uh, beginning with verse 14. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them and healed their sick. As evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, This is a remote place, and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. <laughs> you almost kind of wonder, like, were the disciples like, you know, because somebody tell them it's like getting late? Like, we're all getting kind of hungry. Like, <laughs> like do we, somebody tell Jesus, like, maybe it's time we break and everybody go get some dinner and then maybe we reconvene or something. So they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. I just love how Jesus responds here. It's so Jesus. <laughs> Jesus replied, they do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. Can you just, I mean, like, I'm trying to put myself in the disciples' shoes here. Can you imagine just hearing Jesus say this? You're like, oh, man, I knew he was going to say something like that. Like, what, what the heck does he mean? Wow, are we going to do that? We don't have food for 5,000 and... You know, depending on scholars' debate whether or not it was actually 5,000 or if it was 5,000 men that were only counted and then there's women and children, that's what Scripture says. But we don't know, was that exactly 5,000? Who knows? I mean, I don't know who was counting. But the point is, a ginormous crowd had to get fed and the disciples were not equipped or they felt like they were ill-equipped to handle it. You give them something to eat. I feel like in a lot of ways, that sums up personal ministry. I feel like God is calling me to feed his people. And I'm thinking to myself, I can't. I am not qualified. It's like I'm being asked to perform heart surgery or something. I'm like, I am not qualified. Don't you need a doctor for this? I think you need a doctor for this. Like, you know, I'm just guessing. I've not even been to medical school. Like, I think you probably need a professional to do this. We feel like they, that way, I think, when it comes to ministry opportunities. We're like, oh, excuse me. Excuse me. I am not qualified for this. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't have the chops. I don't have the skill. I wasn't trained. I don't have the theological knowledge. I can't answer all everything that's in the Bible. I can't. I don't know what to do. I'm not qualified. Somebody help. I feel like God's calling me to do something, and I, I can't do it. I, I just can't. I'm not qualified. If you've ever felt like that, you are in great company. I don't know if anybody ever feels qualified to do what the Lord's calling them to do. And I think that's exactly the point. Because your qualification doesn't come from you. It comes from the one living in you. You see, Jesus is going to make up the ministry difference between what you feel like you have and what he's going to do. It's kind of like uh, I remember when I was learning how to drive. Listen, when God calls you into something new, there's a sense of fear and inadequacy every time. So I remember when I first was driving, we're out in the middle of Palm Springs visiting my grandparents and I'm 15 years old and I'm, you know, getting in the car for the first time and, 
you know, my dad's telling me to go ahead and drive and I'm going like 25 miles an hour on a highway. Now there's nobody on the road, but he's like, you need to speed up. Like, this is not good. You can't just go this slow. And I'm like, I know, I'm just, you know, so nervous. And it took a lot for me to get over the fear and sense of inadequacy to get behind the wheel and to drive. But then once I did, I mean, you know what you know what it's like. It opens up your whole world. It's like everything changes and you have some freedom and some independence. And um, it's a wonderful thing, right, usually to get that opportunity to drive. But if I had let the fear and sense of inadequacy stop me, I would have missed out on the joy of the blessing on the other side. Well, this is true with whenever God calls us into something, right? We, f- we feel like we're not qualified. We feel afraid, inadequate. And every time, like every step in my life where I felt that way, God has shown up. And I think there's something to that. I remember, you know, I'm a brand new Christian, came to the Lord, age 19 at summer camp, and I didn't know anything about the Bible. And the next day I was supposed to teach kids about the Bible. And I remember thinking, I don't know how I'm going to do this. I never even picked up a Bible. And I've shared this story before. All the other counselors um, gave me a bunch of index card with verses on it that they thought would be helpful for me to sort of get a picture of God and to understand faith and all that. And so they kept handing me index cards and I would study them and pour over them and I would try to memorize them and it became a part of me. And I found that if I just trusted, God gave me enough to feed those kids. God gave me enough for that step. All I had to do was just bring myself, just bring what I had. And God made up the difference. I remember years later when I was thinking about kind of going into ministry and I had this opportunity to play guitar and to lead worship music. And I was really nervous about it. In fact, I had somebody tell me when I first started doing it, said, you know what, you don't really have an upfront kind of voice. You have like a background voice. It's a very nice voice, but it's not really strong. So you you need to kind of be in the background. And I remember there's a time we were starting a contemporary worship service at a church and there was nobody to sing. And either I sang or it didn't happen. And I'm like, Lord, I know that I'm not adequate. I'm afraid of this, but it feels like you're calling me to say, you give them something to eat. So I'm just going to do it. I trust that somehow it's going to work out or it's not. And I'm just going to do it because I feel like it's what you're calling me to do. And God made it more than enough. I started leading worship soon after at camps all across the country. And here's a picture of a work camp that I did where you know, you had about 400 teenagers. I mean, talk about trial by fire. You had about 400 teenagers that I was leading worship music in front of. And I grew. I grew in my faith. See, each time I stepped out, and I was a little scared and I felt inadequate, the Lord provided. And then what happened was, not only did I help feed the people God wanted me to feed, but I was fed. I grew through that experience. And then went, went off and became a youth pastor in a church First Press Ambler. I was there for eight years and it was just wonderful. And then, you know, went off to seminary. And again, each step in my life, there's been a sense of fear and inadequacy. But I've discovered that if you trust, that's when the miracle happens. Back to our disciples and the feeding of the 5,000. Jesus says, you give them something to eat. What did they say? We're inadequate, basically. We have here only five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. 
Bring them here to me, he said. And he directed the people to sit down on the grass. Taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to the disciples and the disciples gave them to the people. They all ate and were satisfied and the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. I mean, that's just, that is so incredible, right? I'm just getting your head around that there wasn't enough and then there was more than enough. There was so much that there was more, there was extra. And this is just, I think, God reminding us that his abundance is far beyond what we can imagine. He can, he, there's such a well of abundance in the Lord that goes way beyond what we think is even possible. And it says the number of those who ate was about 5,000 men besides women and children. And here's the point that I think is great. And this is the point that Andy Stanley makes too, when he does this series that I think is just spot on. And that is when it comes to stepping out in faith, and doing what the Lord's calling us to do, our personal ministry, and we feel that fear and inadequacy. It's not about what we have as much as it's about what God's going to do with what we have. In other words, Jesus just wants us to bring him what we do have. Don't worry about all the other things that you think you should have or you don't have or you wish you had and, oh, I'm not trained enough, I'm not this enough, no, whatever. But bring him what you have and he'll do the rest. Do what you can do, and then Jesus is going to do what only Jesus can do. He's going to multiply it, and it's going to be more than enough. And once you figure this out, you, I think, unlock some of the biggest miracles you'll experience in your own life. If you think feeding of the 5,000 was miraculous, wait till you see what Jesus does with you. Where where are you going to be in your faith on the other side of this thing? Jesus just wants us to give him what we have and he will do the rest. And I know, I know that there's still fear there, but I'm not qualified. Listen, his disciples felt that way too. Watch what happens. This is really interesting and I think sometimes gets forgotten. Right after the feeding of the 5,000, it continues with this. Immediately, verse 22, immediately, right? So immediately after the object lesson of trust and faith, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone. And the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You have little faith. He said, why did you doubt? Listen, when it comes to our personal ministry, we might feel fear and inadequacy. But I think what Jesus is teaching us there is all we have to do is keep our eyes focused on him. You're going to be afraid. It's going to be uncomfortable. There are going to be things that are out of your control. 
But the one thing that's in your control is for you to focus on me. I'm going to call you forward. I'm going to ask you to feed people that you didn't think you could feed. I'm going to invite you to walk on water with me. All you have to worry about is focusing on me. The second you start looking at the waves, the second you take your attention off me, well, you're going to sink. So personal ministry. What are a couple of things I think we need to remember from these verses? Here's some ideas. Maybe some things that you want to think about. The first is this. Do you feel inadequate? It's okay. Just bring Jesus what you do have. Don't worry about not having enough. Just bring what you do have. That small lunch that turned into a meal with leftovers for 5,000. Bring him what you have. What do I mean? We say, well, I don't know. I don't have much to offer. Yeah, you do. What is it? Is it your job? Is there something, you know, is it your relationships? Is it what can you offer? Is it your time? Can you offer your skills to help others? What is it? There's something that you can offer people. Some of you, when I say that, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Listen to that. Others, you're like, well, I'm not sure. That's okay. Prayerfully ask God, Lord, show me. What are some things that I could bring you? as I seek to serve your kingdom. How can I use this platform I've been giving, however big or small, to make much of the name of Jesus Christ? How can I be Tatiana's show and maker to my own people? How can I declare the wonders of God to them? The second is if you feel scared, it's okay. Jesus is with you. Jesus is with you. Just keep your eyes focused on him. Again, you're going to feel inadequate. You're going to feel scared. But if you hang on and if you trust, that's when the miracle happens. That's when you allow the miracle to happen. And then the third, que- the third is the question, how can you serve with what you have? And honestly, this goes beyond what church volunteer position you're going to pick. Right? It's not just that. But maybe that's a place to start. Maybe you are just kind of getting your feet wet. Maybe it's a place to start. Maybe look for some opportunities that come up to participate in volunteering or, or whatever it is in the life of the church. But it's really about what stirs my passion and how does that fit into God's redemptive purposes? Does this feel like something that God can use to help people to show his goodness, to lift them up out of oppression or to steer them in a relationship to a relationship with him. What does that look like? What stirs my passion? Usually that's where you're going to find what your personal ministry is. For me, it was seeing people, seeing the light go on in people's lives where they realize that God was so much bigger and so much nearer than they ever thought. What's it for you? What does that look like for you? What stirs your passion and how does that fit with God's purposes? What can you bring to God and say, I'll do what I can and God will do the rest? I think that's the question for all of us, right? As we're thinking about this, what's that thing that you could bring to God, however small, and see him do the rest? Maybe this week you want to pray on that. You want to invite God in to your thinking about it. Because when you start going into your personal ministry, when you start making and and declaring God, in your life, through whatever platform you've been given, it changes you. You grow in your faith. Amen.